0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, November. 19th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. I know the year is coming to a close rather quickly. I feel like only, what, 40 plus days left in the year. Uh, soon Thanksgiving's coming up. Hopefully everyone stays, uh, safe. And then we have Christmas and New Year's. And before you know it, 2021 will be upon us. A new administration as well as new priorities and changes. And the big question is, what will those changes be? How that, how will that affect the markets, investors, as well as companies? And I know this year has made everybody anxious uh, about many things. And the pandemic has taught us how to deal with uncertainty, volatility, and really that sense that governments have it, right? The governments know what they're doing, and we clearly see that they're kind of making up as we go along, which in some sense is understandable, but in another sense is worrying. But that doesn't mean that you slow down your decision-making. It just means that you have to prepare for that market uncertainty and prepare for prepare your portfolio for a market ahead that is likely to be bumpy. But I think it's clearer than ever what governments and central banks are going to do. And so to me, this actually has made the investment process a little easier. Right, We know the policy decisions that they're going to make. It's no longer just the Fed. It's also central governments and how they react, right? You see how they react. It's actions that they take. And you can see how that affects markets and affects economies, right? And so that's what I am going to do today is to help you decipher what future policy decisions are going to mean, what future economic trends are going to mean for various sectors, various companies, and your portfolio. So I'm Justin Klein, and today in this program and podcast, I'm going to do my best to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. I want to take your calls right now. I'm ready. 888 chart 888 Four two seven eight is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Let's take a quick look at the market. S and P was up about fourteen points, three tenths of one percent. Very modest up day after yesterday. Really strong rollover. Close near the lows. It's really going to be interesting. This is a kind of a infl- kind of a, a pivotal area in the market. You know, near new highs, and are we consolidating to to break up, or are we? finally petering out after such a a strong run from the March lows on the backs of lack of stimulus, surging COVID cases, and higher interest rates. And I think those three factors are the biggest risk to the market, right? COVID, simply a slowdown in economic activity. Lack of stimulus, a slowdown in the juice that's keeping the economy moving, right? Money creation putting, uh, going into the economy. We know banks aren't doing that as much as they had pre-pandemic. So governments are having to do that. And then thirdly, higher interest rates, margin, no, sorry, multiple compression, multiple compression. So we know that especially your, your growthier names, right? Your techier names in the market they have high valuations, high multiples, because of very, very low interest rates and expectation of massive growth. So higher interest rates would be a drag on those names, others as well, but mainly those type of names. So those are the three factors that I'm really watching in the market today. Now as you can tell, I'm ready to give you an information pack podcast for today. So let's get ready and go right to our first caller at eight 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 ninety nine chart
2: Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Sitaram, and I would like your opinion on General Dynamics. The stock symbol is GD. I am looking to buy and hold it for like two to five years, and I would like to know what you think about it. Thanks, and love your podcast.
1: All right, this is General Dynamics, and they are a defense contractor and a business jet manufacturer. Two areas that I do not love. So first start off with the fence. We know the deficit is going up, right? The defense budget is massive. We know that. Much larger than every other country by, by the factor of 10. Okay. And this, they manufacture combat systems, your traditional warfare systems and, 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 uh, and equipment. And I've said this before, that the new warfare is far less in the real world and more on the cyber side. And I think more money is going to be pushed and reallocated that way. And so I see us spending a lot less on, you know, they make nuclear power submarines, for example. Do we need more nuclear-powered submarines? Do we? That's a good question. I don't think so, and I don't think governments are going to think so, especially with large budget deficits. Then you get into the other business, which is business jet manufacturing, and we've talked about this before. I think business travel is going to be permanently impaired for some time, maybe forever, right? We'll probably never get back to the level of business travel that we were before. People are getting used to Zoom calls. Right, Same with commercial real estate. Right? Less people are going to be working in offices. That's going to take probably 10 plus years to get back to the same levels as we were pre-pandemic. So I do not like this company at all. I don't like where it's at. Yes, it looks relatively cheap. I'll say that. It looks relatively cheap. But their business is in decline. And I don't like the secular trends for their business overall. So... Uh, Definitely very low on my list of longs. I don't know if I would short it. It's relatively cheap, pays a dividend. It's okay in that sense, uh, but I would definitely would not be going long. Thanks for the call. Now, from time to time, I'd like to set aside a few moments to mention that here on Invest Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So how we do that, how we execute that in practice is we obviously give our unbiased guidance on the show. To clients directly over the phone, video chats, etc. But we also practice parallel investing, meaning we invest right alongside our clients. So I encourage you to take advantage of our offer for, to provide a free portfolio review assessment via telephone, Skype, Jive Meeting, etc. Send a message through investtalk.com or you can call our KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California at 800 557 Now we're heading into a quick break. My phone lines are open right now. I'd love to hear your question at 888-99-CHART.
3: Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz
1: at investtalk.com. 8899 888-99 chart 889 992 4278 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, we know the pandemic has hit small businesses harder than pretty much any other part of the economy. And most small businesses are actually owned by baby boomers. I don't know if you know this fact, but this year will be the biggest year in baby boom retirees since baby boomers started to retire right around 2000. I think it was 11, right? Now, According to the center of new middle class, there was a 25% drop in the number of baby boomers who said they are self-employed or own their own business in the second quarter of this year. So about 25% of those businesses went out. The largest jump in unemployment has also been on non-prime households, those that don't have high credit ratings, right? So your baby boomers with credit ratings below Now, baby boomers are those born between 1946 and 1964. They own nearly half of privately held businesses with employees in the U.S. That's 2.3 million businesses, 24.7 million employees, and $5.1 trillion in sales, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. And this has pushed a lot of those boomers out. During the pandemic. Now. Most economists are expecting a huge wealth transfer. From boomers. To the next generation. About 68 trillion dollars. Over the next couple of decades. And a lot of that is starting to evaporate. Because a large chunk of those assets. Are around those small and mid-sized businesses. So while their bonds and their stocks might have recovered. Their businesses for the most part have not. The number of boomers who report having retirement or savings accounts has declined so far this year. And only 20% of non-prime boomers said they had retirement accounts. That's down from 36% a year ago. So nearly half of those that had retirement accounts liquidated them. Even wealthy boomers had a drop, 45% to 38%. Now some are now looking for jobs, others are Trying to get buyout packages from employees and outside, uh, purchasers. Now the good news is that M&A is starting to peak, starting to perk up. Business, businesses for sale was down just 5% in September from a year ago. That's up in April. It was only 51%. It was down 51%, excuse me. So down, from down 51 to only down 5. So that's pretty good, right? Low interest rates, cheap money. Is allowing a lot of these owners to get back to the MA table and get acquired. Probably at discounts, but still, they're able to get out, which is a good thing. But what this does is reminds people that they need a plant. Something crazy happens about every decade, right? We have the financial crisis in 08. Now we have uh, this pandemic. You know, I've talked about the fourth turning and how this 2020 decade is going to be pretty wild both from an economic and a geopolitical perspective and so these numbers and the impact it's had, this pandemic has had on small businesses should be a lesson to you that nothing's guaranteed and and A lot of people look at the past events, recent past events, and they think that is what is going to be the next crisis, right? So many people are focused on 08. Nobody thought there'd be a pandemic. Hasn't been a major pandemic for nearly 100 years. And the next thing will probably be something unrelated to the last two as well. So you must have a plan that's what I'm trying to impart on you. Have a plan, have an exit strategy for your business, for your job, for whatever your life situation is and have an emergency fund and have something to to, to fall back on. Okay. So interesting statistics. Now I'm going to a break. I'd love to hear whatever is on your mind. Taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART.
3: This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART.
4: Hey, this is Duncan Forge from New York. You guys are doing a great job. Um, This is my second question for you guys. I'm hoping this question not only helps me out, but also helps out all of your listeners. As a not-stock trader, day day trader, I've been doing this for about a couple of years now, trying to find uh, some quick money. One of the stocks I had a quick question on is CBAC Energy Technology. The symbol is CBAT. Now, like many other investors, we try to find that new unicorn. The reason why I looked into this stock was it is a technology in lithium batteries. As we know, Neo stock is rising up. And I think there was news that Seaback Energy Technology came out with a different battery that might be better than Tesla's. So the stock rose in the past week about 83%. Now, again, this is like kind of a penny stock, but I would like to know your thoughts on this stock. Was it, am I just like just thinking overboard. Is there not enough information on this? I really do appreciate the help, guys. Thank you very much. Have a good night. All
1: right, he's looking at CBAC Energy Technology. CBAT is the symbol. And this is a Chinese manufacturer of high-powered lithium-ion batteries for electric vehicles. And that's why it's surged. Uh, electric vehicle use is, is rising in China. Uh, not only has... Tesla moved a lot of their sales over there. It's really where their own, only source of growth uh, in their business really is right now. Uh, but there are many Chinese manufacturers like Neo and, and some others as well. And I think this is kind of the narrative trade. Uh, this company has never made money, but it's also a Chinese company. And which I'll get to in a second, there are some new rules that are coming down the pipe when it comes to Chinese auditors. And bringing a little more transparency to their books and and numbers. And that's certainly a risk. Now, technically, it's strong. It's above all the moving averages. It had a big pullback yesterday from $9 all the way to 6 and change. Uh, now it's at 759. So you can see that volatility there. So it's extremely high risk. This is a name that could drop 50% in a day easily. Now, do I don't know anything about their technology. I've never really heard of this company. Uh, so I don't know if it's better uh, than anyone else's. So it's hard for me to really comment on that. Uh, it's too... I don't like Chinese companies, <laughs> for the most part, uh, simply because I don't believe their books and records. And so uh, the fact that they're listing so many companies on our exchanges... I think is, is is scary. It's dangerous. Uh, I don't like investing in these names. So, uh, extremely high risk. Wouldn't be something my cup of tea. But technically, if you're just going on the chart, you're trying to play the momentum. It's strong, but it's very volatile, and you have to be prepared for that. Thanks for the call. Eight eight nine nine chart. Eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. That's a great question. Will flow right into my next topic, which is. New rules that are potentially coming down the pipe from the SEC in regards to these Chinese companies trading on American exchanges. It would require Chinese companies to use auditors overseen by US regulators or face getting kicked off exchanges under this plan being drafted by regulators. It's going to be issued for public comment next month. And what this would do address, would address the disparate treatment that applies to Chinese companies going public in the U.S. So for many years, they've been able to sell shares here in the U.S., but their auditors are over in China. And has and, and China has not allowed their auditing work to be inspected. Now, before the SEC has taken different steps to get China to cooperate, They've sued its auditing firms to get information on fraudulent companies. It's negotiated with Chinese regulators and issued public warning to U.S. investors, but clearly U.S. investors are not paying attention. So what this would do is put the onus on the NYSE and the NASDAQ to require compliance with the audit inspections. And those with shares already traded here would have three years to comply before being delisted. Now, China's excuse before has always been, well, they're worried that auditors are going to reveal strategic secrets held by domestic Chinese government. I don't buy that. Auditors aren't there to pry into IP and try to steal trade secrets. They're trying to verify records, books and records. They even put up a new hurdle this year, China did, which would implement a law that prevents its citizens and companies from complying with overseas security regulators without permission from its own Chinese government. Basically saying, hey, companies, you can't comply with an overseas auditor without our permission. Now, some companies have already started to... They see the writing on the wall, right? Alibaba went public on the NYC in 2014 but chose to raise $13 billion recently in a Hong Kong share offering. Is that a message to you? It's a message to me. Why would you do that? If you're not worried about this rule, right? Alibaba shouldn't be worried. One reason I don't like it. Now, some rules have been passed by the uh, Congress as well. So there's some stuff on that side as well, but uh, I would definitely use this as a warning to investors in Chinese companies. Give me a call. eighty-eight ninety-nine chart Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy and where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
3: It's been another Investor Thursday, and we've all seen the market move up, down, and all around. It's called volatility, and you'll have investment and finance questions for Steve and Justin. They welcome your calls now. Invest Talk 88899 chart.
1: On the next Invest Talk, this story. Two retailers with different outcomes. Walmart earnings topped expectations, but Macy's in-store spending dropped 20%, and e-commerce could not offset Macy's losses. Steve will look into that story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99 chart. So let's get to a question right now that came in earlier from Virginia.
2: This is Al from Reston, Virginia. I was hoping you could help me understand how the GDX has been behaving lately. I don't quite understand some of the moves that it's recently made. For example, if you take a look at last Monday when the Pfizer vaccination was announced, GDX went down 7%. And then again, when the Moderna vaccination was announced, uh, GDX went down once again. I would have expected GDX to be closely tied to the value of the dollar, which has been going down. I don't understand why the announcement of vaccinations is directly impacting GDX. Any help you can give to clarify that? would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
1: All right. I'll go over this again about gold and what drives gold prices. There's three factors. The dollar, real interest rates, and deficits. Okay. Dollar and real interest rates tend to be more short to medium term. And in, that's really what's been kind of driving this pullback consolidation phase in gold and gold miners since, uh, since August. Dollar, while it's been going down, it's actually been more choppy than going down since August right it's at the same levels really since mid August so it's been choppy so it hasn't been going down and then break even rates interest or sorry inflation expectations in the market have actually been going down a little bit okay and rates have been going up okay so what that means is that Real rates have been rising. And it's better for gold prices for real rates to fall. Okay? And those have been the two factors that have been driving the, this recent consolidation pullback period. Nothing technically is really a problem. It's actually near some pretty good support right now on the GDX. When it comes to the vaccine, the vac- vaccine news drove down gold prices in GDX. Because if we do get a vaccine, if we get back, the sooner we get back to normal, the sooner the economy can recover, the sooner budget deficits will start to decline, right? And that's why it's fall. It fell. The main reason. The problem with that is that's, that's a minor factor. Our deficits are huge, partially because of the pandemic, especially in the near term. But they've been growing for a long period of time. Right When Trump came in office, we were at about $500 billion annually in deficits. Before the pandemic, we were at a trillion. And the, the pandemic has created a lot of structural damage to our economy. That even if we get a vaccine, even if we get back to normal, our deficits are still going to be well north of a trillion. Probably the new norm is two trillion. Some of that is that damage. Also, entitlements. I said earlier, this is the year that the most amount of baby boomers so far since 2011 will retire. Over three million. And those people are going to go from not paying taxes, not paying into Social Security, to taking money from Social Security, to taking benefits from Medicare and Medicaid. Right? So those off-balance sheet liabilities, those future benefits... That we're supposed to get as citizens are now coming on balance sheet. So we have structural deficits that aren't, that's not changing. And so in the near term, you're going to get ebbs and flows with, like I said, the dollar and real interest rates. But structurally, there is a huge tailwind to gold prices with those structural deficits. Now, Steve and I are always happy to take your calls live during the program's web stream and for the radio broadcast, 4 to 5 Pacific Time every weekday. But you can also call anytime, 24 7 and leave a voicemail question. Please pass that info on to your friends. They can call with anything that is on in their mind. All right, we've got a good pace going, so let's get straight back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank at 888.99 chart.
2: Uh, good morning, Invest Talk team. My name is uh, Rich. I'm calling you from uh, Palm Springs, California. I have a quick question on Palantir uh, Technologies, PLTR. Um, I recently purchased 100 shares during their IPO at about $10 a share. I'm looking to add to that position. As of today, I believe it's trading around $18 a share. I just want your opinion on that space and if I should add to my portfolio. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye.
1: All right, he's looking at Palantir Technologies. This is a recent IPO, and it's a software company, and they lo- manage large data sets in an attempt to gain insight and drive operational outcomes. And basically, it's an AI play, right? Machine learning, uh, processing data, and that's the it's all the rage right now. Now, the issue here is valuation, $35 billion market cap. 32 billion dollars enterprise value value. And so they have a good amount of cash on their balance sheet because of this recent IPO. Uh but you're looking at somewhere around a billion dollars in sales, growing fifty percent year over year in sales, but they're they're losing money, supposed to make money this year, but only twelve cents a share. Uh and it's trading at eighteen dollars. So you're talking 150 times multiple. Pretty expensive in my book. The chart though, since the IPO has been very strong, very overbought right now um, you know i can 't give you I, I just don 't love these 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 names uh, recent IPOs make me queasy right remember I said this before many times if you're if you build a business either as the leader or a part of the team early on that takes a company from next to nothing to a billion dollar plus business. You put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that. And if you're going to go and sell your shares to the public, right, as insiders, are you going to take a cheap price or are you going to take a high price? Most likely you're going to take a very high price. And you know the company more than anybody, right? Because you are the management team. You are the employees. You're the insiders. Now that doesn't mean that all IPOs are bad. No, this actually is done fairly well. Uh, it's very overbought, right? It's, for, it's gone from nine dollars to eighteen in the span of three weeks. It's doubled. So I think you're chasing it here. Like I said, very high valuations. Not uh, we're value investors. If you want to be a growth investor, go ahead. I think it's a terrible time to be a growth investor, right? You're Investing close to near the end of the cycle versus the beginning, but there still can be great companies that do well 10 years from now, even if they're very expensive. Is Palantir the one? You know, I can't tell you whether it is, but it is very expensive. I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to Invest Talk and our podcast download statistics show that for the month of October, we had over 857,000 downloads. And with November two thirds complete, we're approaching that number again. So, Steve and I thank you for downloading Invest Talk, and also for telling your fam- family and friends about our free investment and financial guidance podcasts. And remember, you can listen live weekdays in the four o'clock Pacific Time hour. We take your calls live, or you can call the Invest Talk listener line at 99 at chart. You can leave a message, and we will answer it on an upcoming show. Now, of course, Steve and I accept your calls. At our KPP Financial offices in Irvine, California. We can help you. We want to help you. We'd love to help you. So you can give that number a call at 800 557 5461. That's our office line. But for now, our phone lines are open. Give us a call at 888 99Chart.
3: Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial. Invest Talk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, are the principals of KPP Financial and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial practices parallel investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing and the other KPP financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open Steve and Justin, welcome your questions. Call now,
1: 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Joe in Hollister. He wants to talk about the market.
2: Yes, hello. Uh, yeah, i Joe from Hollister, as we say. Um, I'm calling about uh, looking for maybe a mutual fund that would cover some of these uh, new electric vehicles that are coming out of China and all over the place. Uh, okay. It seems like they've had a really good run lately, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to think maybe a different approach instead of buying one individual one, if there would be a, a multiple uh, through a mutual fund or something.
1: Well, I can't, I can't give you, uh, I can't give you recommendations. So per SEC rule, answer questions about a particular position. That's why we get. Callers asking about a particular company or a particular fund, et cetera. So I can't give you uh, uh, one to, to buy. There are many out there. Now, what do we, we'll say about the space, kind of what I said just now, it's a very hyped-up space. All right. It reminds me of, remember cannabis a couple ago? Many of those stocks fell 70%, 80% from their highs. Right. Narrative. We're in a narrative-driven market. People are not focused on the fundamentals. Right, It's just about, oh, China's selling more electric vehicles. just a narrative. Does that mean you're investing in good businesses? If they're Chinese, you don't know. You can't trust the numbers. Also, what is the valuation? Most people aren't caring about the valuation anymore. All they care about is the narrative. And those narratives ebb and flow. Typically, when the narrative is... Bullish, especially this late in the cycle, you're buying at pretty expensive prices, and it's unlikely that you're going to earn a great return over the long term. Now, can you ride a short-term wave? Sure. Can you? No. A lot of people have the discipline, time to correct. So, I would recommend against something like that but there are plenty out there uh to just do a little research there are a few that are focused more on electric vehicles now there's no reason to slow down now let's grab another caller question from 88899 chart this came in from new jersey
0: Hi, this is Brett from New Jersey. I'm reaching out about the ticker EXPI. It's EXP World Holdings. Just wanted to get your input on it. Seems like it's ahead of the game with their cloud-based brokerage. No brick-and-mortar locations. and just wanted to hear what you had to say. Thanks again. Big fan of the podcast. Bye-bye.
1: This is EXPI, and this is actually one of the growthier names that I'm interested in. They own and operate cloud-based real estate brokerage services for residential real estate market. And I think this is certainly a very promising area because I do think there's the, this, this, this industry is ripe for disintermediation. There's no need to pay big fees to a big broker, big percentages, et cetera, when a lot of the tools you can get online and do something like this. So I can see the the appeal of this. As well as the fact that you know you're not going into the office as much. So having an office to do work in is less appealing. So I like this name. My problem is it's too expensive at these prices. It's got gotten a little ahead of itself. I'm eyeing the high 20s. Right now it's at 45. That's where I'm eyeing to pick up shares of EXPI on my watch list. Too expensive. The chart has broken down recently. Below the 50 day moving average and chopping sideways, meaning, you know, it's consolidating bearishly. So to me, I think this is going to break lower in the near term, but I am looking for the right price and the right price for me is in that high twenties. Now let's quickly pivot to the jobless claims data. And for the first time in more than a month, new U.S. applications for state unemployment benefits rose to 742,000. And analysts were expecting that to be 710,000. And another 320,000 applied for benefits through the temporary federal relief program that expires at the end of the year. So what you're seeing now is that the shutdowns, and the lack of stimulus are causing the economy to roll back over to a degree. And while the economy was regaining jobs at a steady pace since May, when we started to reopen, the economy is kind of in going back into its deep freeze. And this is a problem, something to continue to watch. And that was a worrying sign Across the bow of the economy today. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here: to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So get your questions in now at eight 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 ninety nine chart.
3: You are listening to Invest Talk every Friday on the program and the podcast. Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888-99-CHART.
1: Let's go to Tim in Washington State, looking at United Rentals URI. Do you own it or are you looking to buy it?
4: Um, I bought a little bit uh, recently, and um, but I didn't... Uh, I'm not totally confident, you know, like it it seems like it's kind of on its upper end on price, but at the same time, kind of keep keep hearing rumors about possible um, infrastructure bills and stuff that might be coming down the pike. And uh, so just thinking possibly about, you know, adding to it. I just wanted to see what you, you thought about it.
1: Yeah, this is United Rentals, and it's the world's largest equipment rental company. And they operate primarily in the US and Canada. And they command approximately 13% share in a pretty fragmented market, but they are very profitable. And if you look historically, return on equity tends to be in the, on average for the past 10 years, low 30%, high 20% range very, very strong. Uh, and recent free cash flow trailing 12 months is at a record high. So the pandemic has been good overall. Uh, and I think probably the main reason is uncertainty. And not uncertainty for them, but uncertainty for their customers, right? The customers have to decide, do I buy this large piece of expensive equipment? And over the long term, that's going to be the more Financially savvy, about most likely, or do I just rent it short term and then I'll have to put out this big capital outlay? So that's something to to consider. Um, I like that. I like their business. I think it's very profitable. Uh, it's to me on my watch list, but it is. I think gotten ahead, it has gotten a little ahead of itself, but it's relatively strong. So. A minor pullback would not be a bad place to, to to pick it up. So, you know, I like it. I would probably on pullbacks be adding to it and try to get up to my full allocation relatively soon because I think this pandemic will change behavior, maybe not permanently, but more in the medium term, right, for businesses. So, I like this business. Good cash flow, solid balance sheet. And very solid business. So I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Thanks for the call. Now lastly, let's touch on momentum stocks and momentum funds. And this has been, last week was a pretty jarring week for many of the growth funds, momentum funds, whatever you want to call that in the market a gauge of the performance of these funds said so they dropped almost 14% on November 9th when Pfizer announced its vaccine. It's the biggest one-day loss for the group since at least the mid 1980s. And funds that are focusing on the stay-at-home craze like the Arc Innovation ETF, that fund was down 4.6% on that day and then it fell another 2.7% the following day. And this has been, this has kind of sparked a final breakdown, technically, of growth stocks and value stocks. You were kind of threatening it for most of, let's see, August, September, and October. Started to go sideways where growth stocks and value stocks were kind of moving. They, They were performing about the same. Where for, since the beginning of the pandemic, really since the fall of last year, growth stocks have been Surging in relation to value stocks financials, real estate, energy, etc. And that's starting to change. And now that ratio of growth to value is now below it's 50, 20 and 100-day moving average and chopping sideways, meaning, I think that's going to take another leg down. And after years and years and years of growth outperforming, I really think this is the start of a longer term trend. Value is the new place to be. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program, and I will return on Monday. In the meantime, please remember to tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived Invest Talk podcasts for free download over at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, and always investtalk.com, where they can also. Stream the show live every weekday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Investop. Good night.
0: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities.